say never trust a smiling face Or you'll end up stuck inside a crazy place Cause it's in your bones, in your bones, in your bones You never trust a thing I do Always saying there's something all about you Maybe it's in my bones In my bones In my bones You're not telling me something You've been acting kind of strange I hear a whole lot of nothing Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. This week I'm joined by Dara Carter, an incredible Georgia-based independent artist. Dara has released a brilliant record called The Gemini, where she explores so much of her creative spirit. Dara talks about her expressive efforts in her art, her inspiration found in her family, focusing on authenticity, and so much more. Dara is also known for playing the keys in Atlanta powerhouse The Tulips, which she also shares a little update on touring. So with that, let's dig into Dara's music and the interview now. Who you think you're fooling? You must think I'm stupid with the venom in your eyes. How did I not see it? How did I believe it? You really don't care for me. Oh, 
Well, thanks so much, Dara, for joining me on Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going for you? Everything's going well. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. This is so cool. Uh, and you're, you're in Georgia. What part of Georgia? So um, I'm from Fayetteville, Georgia. Uh, I okay. spent a lot of time in the city. Um, and I live in Fairburn at this point. <laughs> awesome. So it sounds like you're in a really great location then. And uh, you've been able to do some stuff on the road recently, of course, with uh, the tulips and everything. How's yeah, that been? Absolutely. Oh, it's been great. So um, I just got back from Florida a few days ago. We were um, doing shows for our tour, Queens of the New Age. And uh, we were down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Fort Myers, uh, Florida, performing um, for this festival called Big Fest. And yeah, it was a great experience. Uh, we've been traveling a bit doing that. So yeah. Well, that's exciting. It sounds like you've been kept very busy uh, between that band and, of course, your solo work that you go by with Dara Carter. So that's really exciting. Um, I have tons of questions for you, so I'm just going to kind of jump into it. Uh, how, okay. did, how did you kind of first get involved in playing music? So I started playing music um, when I was four, was it three? Three years old, um, classically trained on the piano. Oh, wow. And um, ever since then, yeah, I've just been playing piano, singing. I started singing at four, uh, writing music at eight years old. And then I started my career as a stage performer uh, at 12. I was given the opportunity to perform with a lot of the jazz legends in Atlanta and um yeah from there that's that's what led me into a full-blown music career oh wow that's exciting who were some of the people you got to work with so uh, I got to work with Joey Somerville he's a um trumpeteer international trumpeteer um Phil Davis amazing pianist he um won a few Grammys he's a professor at Clark Atlanta um, I got to work with Julie Dexter. She's a, a famous singer out here. Uh, she helped me actually with vocal lessons early on. Um, yeah, those are a few of, of the many I've been fortunate to work with. I, another person I absolutely love and uh, I've worked with since I was 15 is Jan Smith. Um, she's a vocal coach, international vocal coach. Um, most people know her from being uh, Justin Bieber's vocal coach, Mama Jan, that's her name. And uh, I've worked with her since I was 15, and she's um, taken on a mentor role for me. Um, so, yeah, I've been, able, I've been blessed to work with a lot of people in these years. Um, yeah. That's really incredible. What an experience to happen. I mean, that's somebody who has had a massive career trajectory and stuff, and to have that kind of influence on you is amazing. Um, yeah. What was maybe one of the most important lessons that you learned in that time period of taking vocal coaching lessons? I would say that it showed me um, how different, how much care you have to put into your different instruments as a musician. I had been playing piano for so long and knew how to, you know, the, the technique, the etiquette. And even though I'd been singing for a while, I'd never gotten formal training. So it was interesting to see how it's different. Um, learning vocals versus learning um, an instrument or, or keyboard, which is the instrument I had learned. And uh, also I learned to take good care of my instrument because, you know, having my instrument be a part of my body, um, it's very important that I, it's that will allow me to um, take care of the instrument and keep it up. So yeah, that was a few of the many things I learned over that time period. 
Wow, that's a lot. And those are the things I feel like so many po- folks don't take into consideration as they're, you know, learning to create music. Um, was there anybody that you grew up listening to that kind of made you decide, hey, I want to write music and I want to, you know, perform? Absolutely. Um, I listened to a lot of Stevie Wonder growing up. I also listened to um, Prince, Alicia Keys, um, Wow, John Legend, Indy Ari, Whitney Houston, a lot of the greats. Um, one thing that I took from all of them was the authenticity of their sound. Um, I've noticed that a lot of the artists that I enjoyed growing up, I enjoyed them because their sound was different than the norm. And even though they fit into um, the, the times, they were able to transcend time because of how authentic their music was. Um, so yeah, those are the people I listened to growing up. That makes sense. And a lot of these um, styles of music were very individual and they were, and I think as a result, that's why they kind of stand the test of time. I mean, you mentioned people like Prince, for example. I mean, those are, those are very unique, just music that he wrote and put out there and stuff. And that's like, just got a permanence to it. I feel like so many of the folks you mentioned, even John Legend is going to be one of those people that we look back on and just like, wow, that's somebody who just produced music that, you know, he loved and was extremely passionate and it was very unique to him. And I feel that so much in your music too. Hmm, Thank you. Absolutely. Um, You know, uh, one of the projects that of course you've been working on and um, released last year was the Gemini. That's a really amazing record, by the way. I'm floored by it. There's so much to it that I could unpack for a while. Um, Can you talk a little bit about um, putting it together? Uh, What was the overall experience like for you? Wow. So putting together the Gemini was interesting. Um, I got to a point where I had been performing music live and, um, yeah, performing around the city, you know, just for years and people were asking for content and I'd written all these songs and, um, just got to a point where people were starting to request, you know, I know you write music as you perform it. Where can you put it out? Like, you know, we want to play it in the car and that sort of thing. So, um, I got to work on the album, um, and it took about four years. Um, Overall, it was a very smooth process. I was very um, intentional about, um, well, I was very intentional about making sure that the decisions I made and um, when it came to, like, song order, where to put things in, in the music, I was intentional about making sure the decisions came from my heart because I know that the music I create has a purpose of healing for people and um, sometimes as musicians, we can try to force our songwriting. And um, yeah, I, I was just very intentional with the whole process. Um, I had some great people, a great team. My producer, he really understands my brain. So, I, you know, he understands what I need for my music. Um, yeah, I just had a great team. Everything was so smooth. Um, the rappers on my album, great, great guys. Um, I had live musicians come in. Everything was so graceful, and I, I really enjoyed the experience. And um, interestingly, I felt myself go through a, a growth during that period. Um, it's like the album was medicine to me, healing to me. Although I was making it to heal and help other people, um, I realized I, I, I ended up in situations after the album came out where I would listen to the songs from the album, and they were helping and they were healing to me. 
Uh, so yeah, it was a great process. And even now, like I, I really appreciate um, the process that, that I went through for that album, for this album. That's amazing. And to know that it's something that is a healing experience for not only your listeners, but yourself is really satisfying to hear because a lot of music feels like it's so introspective. It's consuming so much of what's going on around you as well as really yourself. Um, I feel like so much of that is such a powerful part of listening to this record. Um, Was there a song in particular that you feel like you still like really gravitate to after recording? Yes, and it, it's funny. It took me a while to settle into having a favorite song. It's the, people used to ask me, and I'm like, oh, they're all my babies. Like, you don't have a favorite child. <laughs> but um, no, yeah, I, I find myself always going to track 12, which is Dragonfly. Mm-hmm. Um, that song, I feel it's one of those songs that are timeless. Um, you can be going through anything, and it applies. Uh, So a few times since the album's come out, it came out actually a year ago in two days. Um, When I was dealing with things or going through some hard times, I would put on Dragonfly and it would always have the same effect. Um, So yeah, it's something about that song (laughs) that really, really, really resonates with me. Yeah, it's a beautiful video that you have out there, by the way. It's really just, I I love the aesthetic of it. It feels very Indian, just warm and Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes that song can feel very warm too because you're it's very emotional it's very much about I don't know just coming together it feels like so as a person and that's one of the things I really loved about that song in particular and even just this record there's just so much there that you can kind of uh cling to emotionally in that sense um to backtrack a little bit what came first for you when it came to writing the music was it the lyrics was it the music itself (laughs) <laughs> I love this question. So um, for me, when I songwrite, it, this, it's typically this process. I usually um, sit at my keyboard or piano uh, in the dark, and I'll just play around until I get into my zone, you know, a meditative space, really. Uh, and it's so funny because it's like a switch that goes off in my head, and suddenly everything else goes away. And it's just me and the piano. And from there, usually songs just come out. I, I don't write lyrics or melody first. It's like, it's like the song is being com- um, put together like a puzzle at, at the same time. Everything comes out at once. So, yeah, the process of writing a song, it just all, it's, I feel like I'm channeling at, at that point in time because it's almost like the song is writing itself through me. I'll do maybe like, I'll maybe come up with a, cool melody or cool like chord progression and um then put some lyrics over it but then this next section of the song i might say well these lyrics sound good and then put put um you know the music behind it but it's really not a process where i'm thinking i don't think when i'm writing i just um allow myself to to let come out whatever needs to come out i love that and i feel like it's very um it's very spiritual in that sense and the way that it comes across, especially with the structure of this record, because in many ways it feels like it's a story. At times you have those layers of like the spoken word poetry and it feels meditative, celestial, and sometimes dreamy even to me. Um, what kind of made you decide to kind of spread this particular form of creativity throughout the record? Um, I don't know if I understand the question. No, it's fine. Um, so the kind of like the... It's almost like a poetic spoken word that you have throughout. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you have kind of like layered music underneath it. And it's throughout uh, the record itself. What kind of made you decide creatively to like create, place this throughout the record? So this, <laughs> this uh, part of the album bugged me for a very, very long time. Um, I knew I wanted to have transitions. I knew I wanted something between the songs because I wanted the album to be a masterpiece. I wanted it to be an experience and I wanted it to tell a story. Um, but I didn't know how, and I wanted to be creative with it, but you know, I didn't want to copy other artists. I know people, people do different things, uh, to transition between their songs. They might do spoken word. They might do, uh, there's just uh, plenty of things you can do, but I wanted to find something that was unique to me. Um, and so something just in my popped up in my head one day and was like, go through your old um, videos from when you were a child. My dad, he recorded a lot of, um, you know, piano recitals, birthdays, things like that. So I was going back through the old footage and found a few sound bites that were just perfect. I mean, the opening sound bite where it's you hear happy birthday, happy birthday. That's my family singing to me when I was two. And, uh, a few of the things that you hear of my with my mother and my father talking about me in the album that's from when I was a child um so for that and that that part made me think about my family and I said okay well I have siblings and they're very artistic like I am my sister um she's a writer she's a professor and a writer um she wrote a novel and I'm like okay she writes she writes poetry so I told her the idea um and she wrote all of the spoken word pieces between the songs and that's her voice you hear that's my sister and my other sister and brother uh on those spoken word parts uh her voice is the main one but my other sister and brother you can kind of hear their voices in the back and it's so funny because i they live in different areas than i do and i just i ask them to send in voice memos and they're like okay (laughs) sure um and they did. And I ended up putting them between the songs. So for me, it was a very, uh, well, it was a way to honor my family and, um, at the same time, um, drive the point home of the whole point of the album, drive, drive that theme home. It just, and it came to me, you know, it was really not even something I mapped out and created. It was definitely divine inspiration. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I love that. I really love it. And I feel like your family has made such a beautiful impression on this record because to know that, you know, you had your siblings contributing in those parts as well. It's just beautiful. And I kind of feel your connection to them in a sense of how so much of one of the themes in this record, I feel like is individuality and expression of that. And there's so much support. It seems like you get from your family in expressing that. Am I reading that right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, authenticity is one of the, pillars of my uh my message you know to the world like authenticity bold authenticity and peace um I've been taught to be authentic yeah growing up my parents really uh drilled that into my spirit you know yes follow authority to an extent but at the same time understand that you can still be yourself you don't have to uh be like everyone else and definitely has been a struggle in my life even it still is at times like being authentic in this world um but there's a freedom and there's a joy in it that i can't even express and i want everyone to feel that and to know that it's okay to be themselves no matter what you know it's okay and um 
yeah, my parents really, really, my family really uh, nurtured that inside of me. They allowed me to be who I was, you know, even crazy, even when I did crazy things, like um, I was thinking about the other day, how in middle school, I, I was in school and I went in the bathroom, pierced my own ear and on, you know, rebellious type of, uh, in a rebellious type of way. I don't even know why, but (laughs) I was thinking about my family's response and how nurturing and supportive they were but at the same time like you know there's limits to your authenticity but yes this is you being creative like they've always pushed that inside of me and I do appreciate that because um I see the importance of it that's the only way to really truly be happy is to be yourself I love that and I love that they instilled that in you and I feel like it translates so much in your music I mean you're kind of quoting your mom at one point if I remember it in that song Gemini as well Uh and that's just so incredible to me. I feel like that, you know, you being able to take these lessons and apply them to your music and to yourself is just one of the most amazing things. I'm a big family person myself, so it makes me excited to hear that, you know, this has made such a mark on you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk to you, of course, a little bit about the songs themselves. And one of my favorites was actually your title song, Gemini. Um, can you kind of walk me through a little bit of what your thoughts and feelings were as you were writing this song? Yes. So, Jim and I, <laughs> I remember, um, like I said, it, for me, writing isn't really a thinking sort of space, but um, this one was a little different. I actually didn't write this, you know, in the dark with my piano. It, it came to me, um, and I wrote it down in a journal, and I was going to lunch with my mom that day at Olive Garden and I thought it was perfect. I was like, I'm going to show my mom this, you know, I even talked about her in the song and I showed it to her and just her expression and the way she reacted to the song. I was like, Oh, I know I have to put this on the album. You know, this, this is, this is a, this is a a great song. My mom loves it, you know? So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the process for that. That was just such a special thing. And I love the fact that you had kind of her wisdom sprinkled throughout in that way. I know that that's just powerful to me because I always look to people who are um, older to me, especially my parents, for that kind of guidance in life and knowing that this applies to you and then um, you taking those lessons and shaping yourself is what I hear in that song so much. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so... Individuality seems to be like a really prominent theme throughout your record. Um, Why did you kind of prioritize this in your music? And maybe why is individuality so important to you personally? Um, (laughs) Wow. Um, So individuality, as I was saying earlier, I feel like um, you can't truly be happy in life unless you are free in who you are, free and secure in yourself. Um, personally, wow, this is just, (laughs) this has been the issue of, of my life. The thing I've been grappling with since I was young, just accepting myself and having that self love being a, uh, double minority. Um, I've definitely, um, I've definitely come across circumstances and things in my life, which have, um, had the potential to really knock me down and, and keep me small. Um, but it's important to see that who you are and who you were created as is just as beautiful as anybody else. You know, um, you were created specifically to be yourself for your purpose on earth. 
for your purpose here while you're here in your human experience there's a reason why you are specifically you so you're doing yourself a disservice by not being you and um that's just something i have to keep telling myself because even now i mean um I, I can't even say at this point i've reached my level of individuality yet that i i, I will feel 100 percent free in myself um but it's something that i strive for every day and um in fact my fan club uh which i'm starting very soon is called true creatures and it's for people who are secure in themselves or seeking that uh for themselves it's just uh, it's it's a it's championing um bold individuality and uh yeah so i, I hope to have a lot of true creatures around the world soon <laughs> understanding the importance of being themselves and being happy and not taking other th others opinions to heart just knowing their purpose and living in their purpose. I love that. Honestly, it's so important. I feel like especially now to have communities that foster both individuality, authenticity, and, you know, a sense of self, especially, you know, as minorities, I know for me as like a Mexican and woman, it can be very challenging to practice self-love right now. Um, especially when the, when the rest of the world doesn't want you to really feel that way. So to know that you're creating a space for that is just really important and wonderful. So like, I love that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think it's very important, uh, especially now in this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing an amazing job. I feel like even with the social media you have out there right now, it just feels empowering and wonderful. So thank you. Um, so what are some things that you feel like maybe you've learned about yourself and even your music while you were producing Gemini? I know you mentioned that, you know, it became a medicine for you. Yeah. Um, so let me, let me see. What, what have I learned about myself? Um, I think Gemini really um, helped me to unpack some of the insecurities I've had, um, some of the fears and, it really launched me into a spiritual journey and just the journey into myself to really figure myself out. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I think it did. Honestly. Okay. Um, you're very expressive. It seems like across like all the different projects you do from music to graphic design that you do for yourself and mm -hmm. modeling. Mm -hmm. Um, why do the, each of these things matter to you and how do you kind of get to bridge them all together? What was, I'm sorry, what was the first half of your question? Um, you know, why do, why does your expressive projects like, uh, modeling and music and graphic design, why do they matter to you? Um, they matter to me because, um, I recognize them to be my purpose. Uh, I spent a lot of time in college <laughs> trying to figure out what to be. Although I already had done music my whole life, I, I was going by the idea that you need a plan B to fall back on. And uh, so I went to college. I went to BU um, trying to figure out what it was I was going to do. I think I, I majored in, I was majoring in psychology initially. And then I switched to religion and political science. And one day it just dawned on me that it, something said to me, Dara, you're an artist, you're an artist and your art is what's going to help, um, help you to heal and, 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 and grow and also help you to help other people to heal and grow. And this is your purpose, you know? 
so stop trying to do everything else. <laughs> and that's when I, I went into graphic design. And um, since then, I've just really tried to hone in on the things I've, the gifts I've been given. And those are creative. So yeah, that's, that's why that, that's why I put a lot of emphasis on my creative work. I know those are, that's the avenue in which I will um, be able to heal other people and uh, do what I need to do while I'm here. <laughs> I absolutely love that. That's such like an important thing to be able to realize your gifts and then it, you're doing an amazing job expressing them. I feel like, um, you know, you're able to kind of bridge things together though. Cause is the logo on your website, the one that you designed? Yes, it is. Awesome. I love it. It's amazing. You did a fantastic job and I love to see that, you know, you're bridging all these things that you're passionate about together. Is it particularly exciting for you whenever you get to like work on another thing that's like focused on your music with another creative medium? So like when you make your graphic designs for your music projects? I'm sorry. I, I think connection got lost a little bit. Can you ask that question one more time? Sure. Is it exciting for you whenever you get to work on maybe a graphic design project that relates to your music or vice versa? Oh yeah. I, what I try to do is, um, I try to create projects that are going to, um, have all of those, uh, parts involved. So now when I, um, I'll write a song and then I'll ask myself, you know, what's the greatest impact I can have with this song? How can I make it a full project? Um, and then from there, how can I design around, you know, what can I do with a, uh, a design for this? You know, that sort of thing. I like to pull in all my skills and the skills of those around me um, just so that the music can have the biggest impact or the creative, the creativity can have the biggest impact um, possible. Well, it, it's definitely working because it's all coming together. And I feel like my attention is so focused on every part of it because it's just so well done. And that thoughtfulness clearly shows. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so on top of working on your own music, you're also playing keys with the tulips too. Um, do you ever feel like your projects ever lend to each other? Like, are there elements that you feel like you get from the tulips that, um, play into your personal music or vice versa? Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, it's interesting because I never played rock until I was, you know, became a part of the tulips band. Um, so diving into that whole new genre of music and energy of music um, has actually allowed me to become more bold in my own music. I mean, rock and roll has this boldness to it. Um, and especially the way that we present ourselves, we are all girl black rock band. Like it's a, there's a boldness we have to have to even, even um, present ourselves that way. And um it, I've been able to bring that boldness into my own music and my and how I present myself as an artist individually as well. Um, there's a very big pride about um, being in this sisterhood um, that is the tulips that bleeds into my music and bleeds into how I feel about myself. You know, it, it adds to me being an individual. If that makes sense. Um, being able to share that space with other bold, powerful, powerful women. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I feel like there's so much exchange that you can have because it's like you can have that kind of bold influence on you and make you feel more empowered as you're writing your music, as you're playing your music, all of it. And 
I'm sure that parts of your personality are showing in the tulips as well. Mm-hmm. That's so neat. Um, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said absolutely. Oh, cool. Um, so you've gotten to play some live shows, it seems like, as well. Um, what's a live show like for you? Oh, a live show is a process. Um, so I like my shows to be productions, um, the big shows. You know, if I'm playing a, a small acoustic set, you know, I'll, I'll do, I, I can't make it as big. But if it's a big show, like one I had at Morehouse a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, I like to make it into a full production. I like to have um, choreography, not too much. Um, I like to have everything coordinated. Uh, my mother, she, um, she sews my outfits. And so it's a lot. Planning for a big show takes months and months and months and months of practice, months of coordinating with band members, months of rehearsing. You know, people come out to the show, they see the finished product, but it's so much work that goes um, into it on the back end. It's stress. It's (laughs) you might cry. There there could be some tears. But at the end of the day, it's so worth it um, when you get to finally walk out on stage show day ready to give everyone, you know, what you've prepared. Um, so yeah, show day for me is it's, it can be, it depends on the show. I mean, some shows can be very stressful because maybe things weren't very organized with the venue, but some shows are just, everything will be perfect. And those are the ones I live for. (laughs) (laughs) I can really just pay attention to putting my energy into making an experience for my fans and the people out there uh, who haven't even heard, you know, heard me before. That's exciting. It sounds like you leave quite an impression too. I hope so. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. So I noticed sometimes with, um, with the, it looks like when you're talking about your live shows, you refer to it as the Dara Carter collective. Um, what makes you choose to kind of brand yourself that way? Um, so a collective is a bit different from a band in that, there can be many more people. Um, there can be more people um, and they can come and go as gigs um, occur. So maybe one person won't be in one gig, but they'll be in another gig. So that allows me to bring a lot more musicians up under my belt. Um, and it allows me the room to travel wherever I need to and that sort of thing. A collective, um, it's just a group of musicians. You, you know what I mean? So uh, I tried. I tried out having just a set band initially, and I realized for my music that's not really. It doesn't really work. Um, I like pulling in other people and getting different people's sounds and um, having chem- different chemistry on stage um, instead of just having a fixed maybe four or five people. So yeah, I call it the collective because you'll probably see different faces behind me at some point, but they're all a part of my, um, you know, my, my package and my vision. I love it. It's very much where I feel like you are probably connecting with so many different people that over time share your vision too, that you're able to kind of have add to what you're creatively putting out. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And, and it's interesting because the way, I've seen that life in the world works the more that you align with your vision and the more that you pay attention and put time into your vision. Um, suddenly you, you find yourself surrounded by more people who share your common vision, you know, just as circumstance would have it. And uh, so I've been noticing a lot of the musicians around me that I've been able to work with recently, just they have a lot of the same ideals. They have a lot of the same goals. They see 
they're seeing the they see the world as I see the world and the things that need to change in the world they see it as well so um I don't really have to explain or or you know uh yeah I don't really have to explain to them they just kind of get it and I like having people up on stage with me who share and carry the same energy that I do because that's really what's the most important to me is sharing my energy with people and I want the people on stage to have the same sort of energy that I do you know yeah, it helps amplify your energy at that point because it's it's that point it's collective. <laughs> it's absolutely. Yeah. That's so that's so great. Um, well, speaking of energy, do you have like any favorite venues or people to play with where you're based out of? Um, venues. What are my favorite venues? I I really like playing at. Um, oh, I played at City Winery in Atlanta. I really really loved the sound there. Um, also, Red Clay Theater in Atlanta. Um, I don't think it's actually in the city. It's a bit up north, but their sound is amazing. There's a beautiful high loom grand, baby grand piano on stage. Um, I love playing there. Um, Apollo, the Apollo, of course, was a great venue. Um, <laughs> the White House was a great venue. <laughs> I mean, They're those like are obvious ones, right? But um, I also like I like the House of Blues in Louisiana. Um, yeah, man, I, I've, I've never really thought about this, but I've had some... I've, I've played at some great venues. I've played at some not-so-great venues, too, but <laughs> definitely <laughs> no. I've played at some great venues, yeah. But yeah, those are some amazing stages and places to have experienced. It's just mm-hmm. picturing it just sounds amazing to me. I'm going to have to hit you up next time I'm in Atlanta so you can show me some of your local spots. That sounds awesome. Absolutely, yeah. And I would love to come out there and perform. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the things that you've been able to accomplish and the stages you've played, um, what advice would you give to a young person who's looking to involve themselves in music? Um, I would give, I would tell them first and foremost, always know what you're getting into. Um, the glamour that you see is not all that there is to music. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of dedication. Um, also, understand that you um you might have to struggle a bit you know financially you just do your research i would say that (laughs) second thing i would say would be um be authentic um yeah you can come into the music game just trying to sound like everyone else but personally i don't think that serves anybody and i don't think that's i don't think that serves the person or the audience um i think if, if if you go into music be authentic with it. Make sure you're doing what comes from your heart, not what you think is popular. Um, I would say find your niche. It's important to find your niche because there is a niche out there for everybody. There are fans out there for everybody who has a bit of, you know, a, a, the, a, the slightest bit of talent. Like there, there are people out there for everybody. You know what I mean? So find the people who like your music and keep on playing for them grow that fan base. Don't try to be in anyone else's lane. Um, yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot more advice I could give, but that's what I can think of right now. No, that's all sounds very important and like exactly the way to grow. If anybody wants to follow your path of individuality and authenticity, that's it. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So I like to throw a little bit of a tricky question here at the end for, uh, for my guests, which is if you could play with any three artists or bands, they could be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would you want to play with? 
um, Prince and Prince Stevie Wonder and ooh, probably Willow Smith. Yeah, mm. Willow Smith. Willow Smith. Ooh, I love that lineup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, I just think that I'd be blown away. Well, you know, Will Smith is totally obtainable as far as somebody to play alongside at some point. And I've got my fingers crossed for you. I I always say that to people as a result. Like, I'm always surprised by who I see playing together now as far as stages go. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm always just like fingers crossed or uh, who knows, maybe in six months to a year and a couple of years, I'll end up seeing that lineup. So... Uh, yeah, absolutely. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope for you big time. I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities coming your way. Um, but speaking of such, uh, what goals do you have for yourself as a musician over maybe the next year or so? So over the next year, uh, I'm really looking to finish my second album, True Creature. Ooh, exciting. And, um, and I will say I will be putting it out in the beginning of next year. I'm not even going to give a date <laughs> yet. <laughs> but uh, first quarter next year, we should be able to expect the second album. Um, I will also be performing. I'll, I'm still on the Queens of the New Age tour with the Tulips. Um, and all of these things will be you can find, you know, at DaraCarter.com or any of my social media. Um, also, in this year, I am starting my career of scoring um one of my long-term uh music goals is to score major films and um so i'm i'm starting that this year soundtracking and, and scoring for films wow that's so cool well y'all definitely have to keep me and listeners posted on what you end up working on because that sounds really awesome i feel like so much of your music would fit in with that mm-hmm. absolutely i'm Great. excited to see what comes Oh, man. Well, me too, for sure. Uh, where can everybody keep up with you on the internet? So you can find me at DaraCarter.com. That is my website, my hub, and my base. That's, that's where you can sign up for my email list, which would be great because it's where you can receive offers, a newsletter, just things that will be able to let you keep up with me and where I'll be performing next. Um, social media, you can find me on Instagram at DaraCarterMusic. Again, that is Dara Carter Music, and Facebook is just Dara Carter, and everything else is just Dara Carter, my name. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's you should be fine. not too tricky to find then. What did you say? Oh, you shouldn't be too tricky to find then. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Dara. It's been so much fun talking to you about all that you're working on. Absolutely. Thank you.
It's okay to lose your way. It's okay to lose your way.
You just heard Dara Carter. Thank you so much to Dara for her time and stories and to Gabby Logan for setting up this wonderful interview. Make sure to keep up with all of Dara's music and shows. Her drive and her spirit are contagious and you won't want to miss the next steps in her adventure in music. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Stitcher, and more. Want to tell me what you think of this episode? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, run publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Genre never matters. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and stay true to yourself.